God, truly, you are great. As wonderful and as moving as all of these songs have been, Father, they still are not enough to say how wonderful and how marvelous and how matchless and how incredible and how great you truly are. Father, thank you for blessing us. Thank you for your spirit moving through these young men and young women who are dedicated to you and to your service. God, I pray that your spirit would move now in spite of a frail and foolish preacher. That you would speak and that we as a church would hear your word. That you would add your richest blessing to the reading, to the teaching, to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the only way, the only truth, and the only life. It's in His name that we pray. Amen. If you have your Bible with you this morning, I hope that you do. I invite you to take and turn with me to the book of Hebrews. To the book of Hebrews. If you get to the New Testament and you find your way through the Gospels and Paul's letters, you'll work your way through First and Second Timothy. You'll get to Titus. You go past Titus. You'll find a very, very small book that probably only takes a page called Philemon. Right after Philemon, you'll get to Hebrews. If you hit James, you went one book too far, just back up a little bit. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 1. We'll be reading all 14 verses of chapter 1 together. I ask as I often do, as you find your place in sacred scripture, if you are physically able, would you please stand out of reverence to the public reading of God's holy word? After we have read the Word, I will say this is the Word of the Lord. I invite you to return to our tradition of responding by saying thanks be to God. Let us look now together at the Word of the Lord, beginning in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son and today I have begotten you or again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But the son of the son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe. You will roll them up 
Like a garment, they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. And to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. The Lord always works in interesting and mysterious ways. I had no idea what songs or set lists the voices would lead us in this morning. Through the month of January, I've been studying to prepare for us to begin a sermon series walking through the book of Hebrews. And when Brother Darrell had the accident with his wife and it was my turn to step back up, all I knew to do was turn to what the Lord had already laid on my heart for coming up next week. And if you'll notice, as we read through the first chapter of the book of Hebrews, Hebrews is a book that, even more so than the rest of the Bible, is all about Jesus. Hebrews is a book that wants to declare to us in numerous ways, in numerous fashions, in various manners, that Jesus is supreme and above all else in all creation. This book has an unknown author. People have argued for years, for centuries, over who has written this book. Some people think it might be Paul or Barnabas, but really we we have no idea. We have no way of knowing. This incredible book is actually written kind of like a letter, but kind of like a sermon. Both of those styles go hand in hand in this book. It's one of the most polished books as far as style and grammar in all of the New Testament. And it has more allusions to the Old Testament than many of the other New Testament books. Even right there is what we saw. As all these quotes are going off, we quote the Psalms. We quote Psalms 2, 2 Samuel 7, Psalm 97, Deuteronomy 32, Psalm 104, Psalm 45, and Psalm 110. In 14 verses, the author of Hebrews has quoted all of that from the Old Testament. Because the author of Hebrews wants us to know, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, that the Bible is about Jesus. There is no one, there is no other name, there is no one else who can gain eternal life for us. The only focus of our hearts and our minds and our attentions and our lives should be Jesus. I love the way that the book begins. It says, in Former days, in former times, long ago at many times, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Listen, there are religions now, there are religions that resemble cults that will try and tell you that God used to speak through prophets and God continues to speak through anointed prophets. That His Word is not final. But I assure you, we are told in Hebrews that that is how God communicated long ago. God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these Last days, he has not spoken to us through prophets. He has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the entire world. Listen, folks, I know that it says in the word of God that Jesus is the son of God. But there never was a time in all of time before there was time. There never was a time when Jesus was not. Jesus is not a created being. Jesus is not a demigod of God the Father. Jesus is not someone who became God. Jesus is God. And over and over again in the book of Hebrews, we are told that Jesus 
is one with the Father. As we read at the start of the service today, that Jesus did not count equality with God as something to be grasped, but he is equal with God. He set that aside. These references to you are my son and today I have begotten you, they tie exactly to what we read about when Jesus was baptized. This is a special recognition of Jesus's position in the same way that the dove came and descended after Jesus came up out of the water and said, you are my beloved son, the father from heaven speaking, the dove and the spirit coming down, our triune God appearing to us all at one time. And he says, you are my beloved son. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus is known as the firstborn, not because there was a time when he wasn't born and he was the first that was born. He is the firstborn in title, in what he deserves, in being the heir. Because in this culture, in this time, the firstborn had the rights to everything. They had the birthright. They had all of the rights and privileges of the father. It was the next person in line who had all of the privileges of the father, of the head of the house. And so Jesus is the firstborn in position, but there never was a time when our Jesus was not. He is the exact imprint. He is the very nature of God the Father. Listen as we walk through some other verses in Scripture that tell us about who Jesus truly is. Turn with me to John 1, verses 1 through 13, a passage that should be worn thin in everybody's Bible, but it never loses its power. John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Not that the Word was a God, not that the Word was some God, but the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. All things were made through Jesus the Christ. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him, in Jesus, was and is life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You see, Jesus is the firstborn and he is the only one who can give us the right to be called the children of God. There is no one else, no one else in all of creation who can give you and I the right to be called children of God. There's not another angel that is on par with Jesus. Some people would try to teach us that Jesus and Michael, the archangel, are on the same level. And that is not true. That is a lie from the pits of hell. Some people will even try to teach that Lucifer and Jesus are brothers and co-equals. That is false. There is no one with authority and power like Jesus. He is the only one with the position to tell us when we believe in him that we are children of God. Look with me at Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20. Jesus, he is the image of the invisible 
God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. You were created for him. I was created for him. Nothing that exists was created without it being for him. All things were made in him, by him, for him. He is First above all things, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Do you and I understand and grasp that literally the fabric of the universe, the fabric of our world, our world is not held together by gravity. It is held together by the person of Jesus Christ who created gravity and uses it to hold our planet together instead of bursting off into all the corners of the space and universe and galaxies. It is Jesus who does this. No one is above him. No one is beyond him. No one is equal to him. There is no angel that is on par with Jesus. Jesus is supreme above all else. And so a simple question I have for us this morning. I don't know I live like it. I live like church is about me. I come to this place and I act like it's about me. And I want you to know this place and this service, it's not about me. And it's not about you. It's about Jesus. It's not about my preferences. It's not about what I want. It's about Jesus. It's not about our student ministry or our senior adult ministry or our men's ministry or our single ministry or our college ministry. It's all about Jesus. And sometimes I lose focus. It's not about making me happy. It's not about making you happy. My job is not to make you happy. My job is for us to together collectively become holy. And we become holy when we look at Jesus. It's not about what you want or I want. It's not about what we think is our preference or is best or what we're comfortable with or what we've always done. It's about making much Jesus. And I want to know, I have to answer for myself. How am I doing? And making much of Jesus. You've got to answer for yourself. How are you doing at making much of Jesus? In him all things hold together. He died for you and for me. He paid for the purification of sin. And then to know that he did all of that for me and yet I'm so insignificant. I like to think that I'm the king of my world. And I'm not. And if I'm ever in that position, then I have failed miserably as a man, as a father, as a follower of Christ. Because Christ is the King who sits on the throne and no one can take His place in my life or yours. You and I might pretend to sit on the throne. We might pretend that we're more important and more supreme than Jesus. But i got news for you. We are insignificant. And Jesus is infinitely significant we had an eternal debt that we could never pay it took an infinite god to pay an infinite debt even if i were to die for my own sins it would be temporal i would have to die for my sins for the rest of time to pay the debt that i owed to god but the infinite god stepped down out of heaven and became flesh and lived and walked and breathed And was sinless in every way. And because the infinite God paid the debt that was infinite, it is covered. 
And if I will make Jesus my Lord and my Master and put Him on the throne of my life, then He will call me a son of God. He will call me His friend. Church, how many of you can honestly say that you are a child of God? And if you can, have you been living like it? Because I sure struggle. This book, this church, it's about Jesus. And it's about time all of us come together and make it about Jesus. So I ask, where do you stand this morning? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus, for making a way for us to have access to you, for making a way for us to be children of yours. Thank you that Jesus is all and in all. Father, we love you. God, please forgive us for when we try to be in charge. Forgive us for when we think we're more significant than we are. Forgive us when we forget that it's all about you. Lord, I I pray that as we open up this time to respond to your word and to what has been sung and preached here this morning, I ask that you, Spirit, would move amongst us. Please convict us and challenge us. Grow us and change us. Lord, help us to look more like You. Help us to live like John the Baptist lived and become less that You might become more. We must decrease so that You, our Father, You, our Savior, can increase. Help us to take on postures of humility that help us to decrease. Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know that there is a way to be at peace with You, Through Jesus, your Son, who paid the debt, I pray you'd move on their heart. They would trust in you this morning. And they would come down and say, I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords. We ask these things in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.